Kavanatagalu. I'm doing great, Tim. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. This is Tim and Brad, and we're two guys talking Star Wars. We are talking Star Wars here on 10-2-2008. That's October 2nd, 2008. Welcome, everybody. We are broadcasting direct from the throne room on Theed. And uh, we we I welcome like you to our podcast. I like it. I'm a big fan of Naboo. It's a, a beautiful setting. As I look out the window and I watch all of those little flying creatures that I have no idea what their names are going over the waterfalls, and I'm just I'm just all wrapped up in the moment here. It, it's I'm feeling kind of emotional. I'm all declempt, as Mike Myers might say. All right, so uh, we've got some topics for today, Brad. What are we going to share with our audience today? Well, I was thinking, I was thinking about uh, uh, something that really hit me watching this last movie, and that is the Clone uh, Clone Wars. Right. What about it? Well, you know, it has to do with Anakin and his Padawan. So we'll call that topic two. What other topics do we have today? Did, uh, do we, let's think. What maybe we can talk about the nomenclature for the uh, Star Wars uh, movie systems? You know, I want to do that. All right. Why don't we you know start off with that, that one? You Sound got it, good? buddy. Sounds good to me. I do want to say before we get into it, though, that uh, for those of you listening, we also have our accompanying um, website. Where can they find that, Brad? Star Wars originofwebintelligence.com that's starwars.originofwebintelligence.com all one word i captain all right okay so that's where they can find where our blog yes, sir. where our rss feeds are for the podcast and that may in fact be where they actually found our podcast right so, so we may just be preaching to the choir let's have at it let's have at it have at you all right okay so your question to me is can I come up with some kind of consistent, like George Lucas approved, uh, grand unifying timeline for all the Star Wars movies, books, etc., so that we can have one point in our universe from whence we can say it all sprang? Or no, no, I'm, I'm referring more like: is there something intuitive that even lay people would pick up on if we said, um, like, for example, the Luke Skywalker first movie? Well. Looking at the cover of the novel, which you can see in our blog, we'll see that Star Wars from the adventures of Luke Skywalker, and then uh, the next novel, which by Alan Dean Foster, which was a splinter in, in the mind's eye, by Alan Dean Fo- or uh, or from the adventures of Luke Skywalker. It looked to me like George Lucas's novels were all written quote from the adventures of. Okay, Luke I'm going to bring that up. That'll be something that as we're talking, cause no you need s- to bring it up. We're rolling. Oh, there we go. So. Um, okay, well, so the first movie... Oh, because you were talking a second ago about Palpatine. You referenced the first movie, and then you had to clarify it. But I'm talking... Okay, so you say this with regards to this book. You say that. But still, that presupposes that anybody listen, it ta- whoever wants to talk about Star Wars is a geek like us. That is, a geek who's such a geek that they're embarrassed to tell... You know, family and friends, what their podcast is about. But in in all seriousness, what about the Luke Skywalker first movie? And then, if we're not referring to it, we could call it the Padres first movie. So, for consistency's sake, is there some sort of a yeah, like like before, like uh, well, uh, I've referred you to before to a, a timeline assembled by a fan. 
created and compiled by Nathan P. Butler at StarWarsFanWorks.com, mm-hmm. which is a very comprehensive 1,300-page PDF file that is, uh, I mean, ridiculously exhaustive in the analysis of the Star Wars timeline in the Star Wars universe. And he even goes so far at points as to draw parallels or try to bring the two universes together, the one we live in in the Star Wars universe, to try to figure out if Star Wars could ever have come into... I mean, we know a, ga- from a galaxy far away, long, 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 long ago in a galaxy far, far away. We know that is how George wrote it so that there could never be any reason for him to bring our universe together with the Star Wars universe. Right. I mean, like something like Star Trek is set in our future. And but, they time travel, too. But I do know for a fact that a sanctioned book in the Star Wars universe saw Han Solo and Chewbacca crash land on Earth when hyperspacing away from some kind of an imperial blockade. And that's great if we want to move on to that subject. It still does not speak to the plebeian aspect of my question, which is, which is, is there something that the masses can use so that we can get away... Uh, how, how long ago was the first one? Uh, you know I what? mean, was the, the very first... See, there we go. Was um, Phantom Menace released? Was that 2000... 2001, I think. One? Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's say it is. 2001. And okay. We can look that up right quick. But 2001, since that time, for the last seven or eight years, we've had to do this little dance, this nomenclature dance. Because now what we conceive of as episode one is no longer episode one. It's now episode four. Correct. Because Correct. You and, and it I never was. It up. never was. Yeah. You know what? Here's how it is. Whenever I talk about Star Wars from now on, because I've always... I felt bad about being apologetic for, for having to be clear. When I say Star Wars, I don't mean the series. I don't mean A New Hope. I don't mean Episode Four. I mean Star Wars. The From whence it all sprang. So when I say Star Wars, I mean Star Wars. When I, say, I do too. When I say uh, Empire, I mean Empire. When I say Jedi, I mean Jedi. When I say mm. Phantom Menace, mm. I mean Phantom Menace. So when, if I'm talking about Star Wars and you hear me say Star Wars, I'm not talking about the Star Wars universe. I'm not talking about the Star Wars movie series. I'm talking about Episode 4, A New Hope, and now from here on out, that's the last time you're going to hear me say those things. Well, and that's great. And so I only say this skirting the issue, but I think it needs to be said. In in the end, though, that Star Wars, when you refer to... 1999, what other people, Phantom Menace. Yeah. What other people refer to as A New Hope, when you refer to Star Wars as Star Wars, you're still going to get the clarify, please. I'm not going to. There you go. I like that. I'm done. I like that. What do you mean, like clarify? That. When did you grow up? What? How old are you? That's are right. you so young that you only remember A New Hope, Episode 4? Is that all? And what kind of limited grasp on your sanity do you actually have? What, what's wrong with that person that would say, clarify, yes. please? If you say the word Star Wars, there should be nothing else to be said. That is the Alpha and Omega. You are speaking my language because that's my favorite. All right. So we've resolved that one little uh, conundrum. As far as I'm concerned, Star Wars is Star Wars. And don't ask me to clarify. Star Wars is Star Wars. Right. And I'm going to okay. get some kind of Pack. gang sign. Pack. Okay. Star Wars Knuckle bump. All right. So now you and I know how we can communicate with each other on that level and screw the rest of the of the, uh, of the known universe. All right. So um, we were talking about other things, too. Oh, by the way, I saw some hilarious uh, parallels in some of the uh, science fiction fandom um, to the elections. Um, John McCain, Sarah Palin. Um, uh, if, have you ever seen Battlestar Galactica, the newest yes. series? Yes. You know the Piece second in command, BSG, the second in command under James Olmos, 
old guy. He's got an eye patch now, but he didn't start the series with an eye no. patch. No. Old drunk. Just but like, I'm going to say yes. Just like McCain. Say yes because it makes sense. Yes. Oh, better. definitely. I know. The guy with the and, eye patch is, it's a black eye patch. You know who the president is and how she got to be president? President Rosalind? Something yes. Yes. McCain? Palin. Just go with me. Check it out. I bet if you look it up online at science fiction websites, if you look up uh, – I can't remember his name. Uh, somebody out there is going to remember. I'm sure it. there's a gratuitous um, joke to be made about our our reality paralleling, but – uh, maybe maybe Hollywood's writing the script for this this election, but uh, I wish they would. They're doing a horrible because job. then there would be a, no, there would be a happy ending. Oh, good point. Vin Diesel would get the girl, and and America would be safe another day. Good point. We'd find uh, phostonium or some great new you know substance which would turn you know our our culture around, but. Um, well, two guys talking Star Wars. I think we could we could uh, we can go off topic as long as we always bring it back full circle. So, in your opinion, um, how is this election going to turn out? Let's go politics. Oof. Give me a prediction. I think I think we already know where it's going in terms of the polls. I think based on polls, but we've seen yeah. polls and we've seen popular vote be negated in the past. Uh, yes, we have, but I don't. But I think that those are narrowest of margins. I think I think there's a, a defined leader right now. There was some sort of behind the, the scenes finagling to push those narrowest of margins to being narrowest of margins, and then it was able to be finagled by oh, I don't know, buying off the Secretary of State of Florida or something like that to throw an election are one you way or another. That much of a uh, uh-huh. conspiracy theorist? I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist. I I totally and 100 percent am convinced. That that the the Secretary of State of the great state of Florida gave the election in 2000 to the Republican Party. Yeah. More specifically, our glorious leader, Mr. Nuclear Nuclear George yeah. W. Bush. Well, uh, yeah, you're not a conspiracy theorist, and, and Oliver Stone is a um, is a Cub Scout. So, uh, but I think I think the Democrats are going to win this one. I think Democrats this time around are going to win this And one. I won't ask you how you feel about that because there's no need for us to give our audience our views, although everybody just kind of figured out where I stand on Bush. <laughs> oh, the very first podcast, I think they were. Yeah, okay. So, so I mean, that, that doesn't reflect on the party in general. Let me let me give that caveat. Also, Sarah Palin, come on. <laughs> Hockey mom. All right, so um, uh, apart from that. Hey, Tim, um, here's apart from that is – uh, in the most recent movie, in the most recent movie, um, I was caught by surprise, and I'm talking about the the cartoon version that just came out, Clone Wars. Yes, sir. Go. I was really caught by surprise at the decision that was made to give Anakin a Padawan. Absolutely. That I didn't see that coming. I I don't understand it, and I I know that's a spoiler. I'm sorry if I just blew it for somebody, but uh, not much of a spoiler at this point. But I'm really blown away by that. That does not track with where ultimately the third movie, in terms of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, I just, I just, I just did it. But uh, Revenge of the Sith, where that went, it it doesn't fit in, and so not I'm Revenge surprised. Revenge of the Sith, you were referring to, oh yeah, Revenge of the Sith, Revenge wow. of the Sith, wow, where I'm it eventually went to. So, yeah. Tim, I, ultimately, what I'm <laughs> saying is I, that's the first in my determination, the first that Lucas ever said something or authorized that I could tell, you know, you know he authorized that movie and how it played out. So that was the first I ever saw 
massive plotline incongruity that I, stemmed from him, his decision making. Because you think that that it's inconsistent for Anakin to have had a Padawan. I agree. I agree, but I think that could be leveraged in in more to come. We know that we've got the the cartoons getting ready to come out, um, and I can yes. pause if you need me to. No, uh, the the uh, the cartoons are getting ready to come out on Cartoon Network. They're getting ready to go with a whole series of Clone Wars. They're going to extend the story and extend the story and extend the story, and that's great. Sounds like a lot of fun. Great way to use CGI graphics. A lot so of are you saying it, it enables him a lot to of do toys. that? No, but I think by giving um, Anakin, I haven't finished my thought yet, I'm actually moving there. By giving Anakin a Padawan, you give Anakin something he can actually become attached to beyond Amidala that can first be taken away from him. He's got a puppy, is what he's got. And and as he slowly turned to the dark side, the loss of his puppy, if they can leverage that, will be his first you know step into the dark side. His, his darkness will start to overwhelm him. And then when you get to episode uh, three, which I will call Revenge of the Sith... Uh, that his push to the dark side is complete at the fear of losing Amidala. Having lost this Padawan, and he's got to find a way to lose this, this Padawan. Well, we if know that's the, history the of this thinking, Padawan? then, that's, you know, here's why I think if that's the thinking, which I don't buy on the face of it, Tim. I'm just, just initially, saying that's, that's one way to leverage this whole Padawan. I get Padawan it. Thing. I get it. And we can theorize and come up with neat tangents of thinking like that, but I just don't buy the. <clears throat> I just don't buy that's the case because... We all accept, or I fully accept, and I assume that others do, the explanation that Anakin, it was enough that he lost his mom and was in anguish over his mom from the moment he knew that he was going to go away and she wasn't, uh, and then he lost Amidala, that those were sufficient enough to, to convert his soul. Um, so he I don't think you need that. He hadn't lost Amidala. He hadn't lost Amidala. Yeah, but he, he, he was converted he, before he lost her. Tim, he went the rest of his way, right, right, but he still thought that he was in control of his destiny at that point, I, I believe, and so that he was finally flipped to a complete, um, a complete evil state by what he knew to be her death or at least her betrayal. But here, here's what I'm going to throw out there to you: is is even if that is the motivation, what you've just outlined, that lose, you know, setting up this Padawan and then losing this Padawan, having this puppy dog, is that enough to justify, in Lucas's mind, to throw in the inconsistency? And I think Lucas's track record, even with this other work, you know, outside of Star Wars, has been that you know he he normally ties up loose ends. He's he's normally a loose end tire upper. Not if you look at the novels, I'll tell you that. But, but well, we've we've you and I within, have talked offline within the framework of the movies of the six movies. Yes, he's tied up some loose ends, but he's also created some real issues for me. Well, okay, so I go back to he created issues, but did he create issues knowingly, or did he create issues simply by the you know the vagaries of life and and how? He didn't know he was going to get financing for subsequent movies, so he had to follow certain storylines that then later on became, you know, roadblocks that he had to overcome somehow. This is the first time he knew the full layout of things, had the full ability to paint the picture, you know, paint on the canvas as he wanted to, and then he threw in this wackadoodle deal with Anakin. Okay, let me say this another way. Could something have been done with Clone Wars? other than giving Anakin a Padawan and made it super compelling and at least fun to watch. Absolutely. Mm. So you're saying now, let me no, you're not saying. Let me ask you, are you implying 
that this particular Padawan is thrown in to broaden the audience and making it fun and compelling in a different way outside of the normal Star Wars audience. I, I, I don't understand. Why Why are you objecting so strongly to this Padawan? Because it doesn't fit with, with Anakin and who Anakin is. Anakin is still a, a Padawan, just post-Padawan is is still under the tutelage. I mean, and everything know- points that he's under the tutelage of Obi-Wan, and he started the process late. The, you know, the kid and is they great. all know and suspect that he has anger, and he has darkness, and he has issues. They all know this. They know that because they suspect he's the chosen one, That and that and Qui-Gon Jinn's insistence is really the only reason Anakin got Jedi training to begin with. So now they've got to go where they haven't gone before. They've got a youngling who wasn't young enough when they got him so that they could help to control the emotional development. They, they're really, he's an unknown. I'm thinking that, let's go back to the puppy analogy. They just gave this dark kid a puppy and they're hoping that this kid won't be cruel to animals, that the puppy will help tame it. Lots of kids who are lost, kids who lose parents. What do they do? Um, what, what do psychologists tell the parents to do? Get them a dog. Get them a puppy. They just gave Anakin a puppy. I'm telling you, that's what that's what this Padawan is, like it or not. He's got to care for it. He's got to keep it out of trouble. He's got to train it. Yeah, He's got to be Wars proud never, of it. Star Wars has never been, you know, Dr. Spocky or, you know, Dr. Phil-ish, oh, you know, prior to this. It, it, it has underlying... Disagree. Tim, Daddy issues all through it. Oedipus I, complexes all through it. Tim, I, uh, what I'm saying by that is it's, Star Wars has never been an exercise of therapy. Yeah, there are issues all throughout it, and those issues, most of the time, compel the characters to great or devilish things. But you know, the movies themselves are not about the characters um, working through some kind of freaking Oprah. You know, I'm just saying issue. that Lucas gave uh, allowed for a writer to give the dark, brooding kid who lost his yes. mom a puppy. I, I agree. And, I and, that, that and in George's mind, he could probably rationalize it if that were presented in a similar fashion. In a bigger sense, though, Tim, not just a puppy, but he allowed a writer to say, to say, Anakin is going to be more than what he is. He's going to uh, be a, um, you know, be a totally, you know, in a lot of ways, a different character than he is. And so... You're right. So he gave them the latitude. And all I'm saying is this is the first time that I perceive that Lucas has had the ability ahead of time, knowingly, to slash through a script and say, come on, give me something better. I know you can do it. He did it with John Williams with the score originally, and he didn't have as much say-so back then. So why does he let this, what I perceive to be an inconsistency? I'd love to hear other people's take on this. Um, Absolutely. But, this is where people need to weigh in. I mean, if, listen, Star Wars is compelling. If you just put up you know, a cool battle and you show uh, a hero's attempt to save a... You know, look at the original Clone Wars series. Look at what Kit Fisto did underwater and some of those things. Make it a little more movie-ish, and that would have been sufficient. Lay out, lay out the life story of some of these other Jedi. But okay, all right. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about about Lucas' mistakes, I mean, I yeah, this is a dead horse, and I'm going to kick it one more time. But where in the heck did Lucas get off introducing Jar Jar Binks in the first place in the major character role that he had in? And uh, I mean, I think in my mind, it was really just to prove that he could do CGI as well as he did, because hands down, it was it was the the well, best CGI I think anybody's say, ever seen introducing 
Yeah, he knows after the fact it was a mistake. No, but didn't he say at the time that he did it with the interests of the 13-year-olds in mind? That, you know, it's a kid's thing. And even to this day, my son uh, thinks Jar Jar is fun. And heck, I don't have the issue with Jar Jar that other people do. I do have an issue with an entire planet being represented in, in the forum. Right. By right. Jar Jar. By Representative Binks from the planet Naboo. By a, Gung- by a Gungan. Yeah, absolutely. In the first place, but then by Jar Jar. So that issue aside, it is fun. And Star Wars doesn't have to be watertight all the way around. So why and, can't, why can't the, the Padawan be fun? Well, you because know... she obviously introduced some, some comic relief. The needed. moment you said, well, if we're going to knock George Lucas or whatever your phraseology was, it occurred to me that... My, my my objection is not so much an objection as I think my wording was I was stunned when I saw that and maybe maybe you know what I what you know the outcome of this is is that I sit down to watch whatever comes out next and there will be a logical progression because you know in the grand scheme of things is this the most inconsistent um Concept concept ever introduced into an ongoing going storyline? No, not not even close. So give him a Padawan. The Padawan doesn't have to stay with him forever or whatnot. But um, you saw how quickly Yoda was willing to, to to trade masters of the Padawan. So, but I'm just interested in seeing where it goes because you know, hey, I could be pleasantly surprised once again by George Lucas's mastery of the plot. Absolutely. You know, one of the beautiful things about Star Wars for me is you. I'm a skeptical guy. I look at things with um, a, a critical eye. And if somebody takes an argument on one side, I usually try to take the other just so that I can see all angles. Um, so would you would you say it's safe to say that I'm usually pretty skeptical and, and I reserve judgment quite the, a bit on a lot of things? The um, Probably the person that I know who is the most uh, bent that way. Okay. Yeah. So I, I reserve judgment or I'm skeptical of a lot of things. Skeptical, I, okay. yeah. Um, in a lot of cases. Almost cynical, man. The one beautiful thing about Star Wars for me is, and maybe this just carried with me from my youth, and this is the last little vestige that I have that I can hang on to, is no matter how much I can pick it apart when we're talking about it, just because I enjoy the, the discourse and, yeah. the, and the argument, when I'm watching it, I'm in that moment, and I'm loving every minute of yes, it. You know, sir. It doesn't matter if you've introduced a wacky Padawan. Doesn't matter if Jar Jar Binks is in there. Later on, after I've had a chance to reflect and absorb, oh hell yeah, I'll why be upset. Him? But when why, I'm watching it, why does I'm it grip you? Every minute. Why it. does it grip you in the moment? Because you know, I, you I and think I think it go... takes me back, man. I think it takes me back. You know, and so I think I get to be that 13 year old while Jar Jar's on screen. What about the greater themes? Because you know, the Lord of the Rings series does the same thing for you, doesn't it? Um, the movies don't. The movies don't. While you're watching them. While I'm watching them, you you've seen me. I get I, I get outraged. Although I have to say I have been outraged at Star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you are you uh, are you saying two different things for no. the same concept? Because in front of the White City, when the battle is raging, and suddenly the Riders of Rohan show up, don't you? You know, don't you have a swelling in your your breasts of like, all right, hope. The, the difference between the two, uh-huh. the Lord of the Rings series. I read every single book before I ever got to see Peter Jackson Jackson's vision of it, and what he did was he did his best to represent an epic series on screen, and, and he did a masterful job of it. I will never take anything from yeah. that man for what he did, even the parts where I disagree with some of his choices. He he, he the world is a better place for him having represented it that oh, way. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
On the other hand, George Lucas wrote screenplays. He didn't write novels. He wrote movies, and he produced so, movies. Simplify so the, the difference. So the books that follow the movies, uh, when I find incongruities between movies and books, etc., I just fall back in the movies. The movies are the original. With me and The Lord of the Rings, the books are the original. So I take offense when I see on screen oh, see. live differences from the books. When I see the movies, and I haven't read the books even, I'm seeing it for the first time. When I look at the books, and I go back and look at the books, which were incidentally well, written afterwards, okay. I look at the books with the, with the mind of, well, that's inconsistent with what I saw on screen. G- got it. Got it. Okay, but if we step back a moment, you were saying that you're sw- you know you're still swept away in the moment. You still basically just your love for Star Wars while you're watching Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I asked you why. You said, I think because it takes me back. But And then the reason why we got onto Lord of the Rings is I brought up what I thought was... Another example of where you would be swept away while you were watching the movies. Okay, so if Lord of the Rings doesn't do that, I guess what I'm uh, what I'm thinking is for me, I'm projecting for me, and I've said this all all the time. I like the hero's journey. I like the allegory of Star Wars, and so when I'm watching it, I feel that it's the closest we can come to portraying that, unless we're in real life dire situations. And you know, frankly, those are too risky just to thrust yourself into for right. the joy of seeing heroism. So. Uh, you know, I was I was wondering if there might not be some of that, Tim. Um, you know that dovetails though, with for me you're saying that because you know even in Clone Wars there was a scene and this is just one of many, where the Padawan is out in front of Jabba's palace but in a culvert or in an out, you know outcropping of rocks or in right. a um, chasm somewhere. Yep. And she's just passed by by the others and she's yep. there and she's battling and she's got these you know the enemy right in front of her. And for some reason, I took delight in that. That it, it gave another dimension to one of the many corners in the Star Wars universe. This little backwater that all we knew was the facade and the interior of Jabba's palace. But now, we're out a couple hundred yards. We're out a mile from his palace, whatever. And here's something else going on. So if we had been walking around, we might have seen that same location. And you know what I draw a parallel to? Is... You and I have both um, worked for the Walt Disney Company. And I found while working for the Walt Disney Company that there were a lot of times when I just found myself in a cool place. Whether it, you know, it was in, in an attraction or it was during a press event or whatever. And I thought to myself, holy cow, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, I was a diver at one time at the Living Seas, whatever. You don't just find yourself in those situations every day in every um, career setting. Absolutely. Same thing with Star Wars. You know, while I'm watching Star Wars, it is, you know, it is universal. It feels universal. And yet there are these little backwaters that you occasionally find yourself in that, that to me are very intriguing. That's very poignant. So for me, the magic is being caught up in the moment. For you, the magic is the in little... Part. The little moments. In part, in part. No, it's being caught up in the moment. It's it's all of it. Um, I think we're probably, if, if anything, trying to put into words that which is so expansive that it can only be represented by the tide of, of fan support. Absolutely. And, you know, you know as is evidenced by the, the folks who, you know, seek out sites like ours to just talk about it and hear about it and revel in it. Yeah. Star Wars is... Star Wars is, and I think it'll continue to be, even uh, if you and I go grab a bite to eat uh, and and walk around this great city. What, what say you? I'm thinking some uh, gun gun pizza. Let's go down by the water's edge and eat that pizza and and watch the people go by. Rock and roll.
Over now. Uh, until next time, this has been Tim and Brad. May the force be with May you. May the force be with you.